2: Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, The Life Doctor, and I'm grateful you're here with me again this week. We had a great show last week with Liz Metrick, who talked with us about the benefits of reflexology to reduce stress and create balance in the body. In previous shows with Dr. Bernie Siegel and Amara, among others, we've talked about how stress can create disease, some, and some people say it literally as dis-ease. Sometimes that stress is caused by emotional and psychological abuse, as Dr. Marty Loring so clearly articulated for us, and as Rosemary Hall shared with us last week in her personal story. And sometimes the stress is caused by self-abuse, as we've also discussed many times. Today we will look at it from the aspect of addiction. Elizabeth Nisbet will share her story of how she went from feeling hopeless to having hope and making healthy, self-loving choices. Let me take a minute here to remind you that if you have a question during the show, please call us at one eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. That's one. 866-472-5795. And email now or between shows to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce Dr. at gmail.com. And the phone number to call between shows is one two one four. 736 4460 that's 1214 736 4460 since we're on the topic of addiction today i want to propose the idea that being abused is also a form of addiction when the abused person is attacked Physically or verbally, their body responds with an adrenaline rush caused by the flight or fight response. The person being attacked physically adapts to a pattern of needing the adrenaline rush, much like a drug addict needs the high achieved from the drug. Without being consciously aware of this pattern, the abused person inadvertently seeks out the experience of abuse in order to meet the physiological need or addiction. I believe this is one reason why people who are in abusive relationships find it so difficult to leave and on average go back seven times before they can make a final break. And then, unless they've done some serious work to heal, they go back into another abusive relationship. They may think that it's different. It may feel or look different. But in fact, time reveals that they found another person who will abuse them. Maybe this time it's emotional instead of physical. But Whatever it is, financial, emotional, physical, physical, sexual, psychological, there will be a form of abuse that the person will not recognize until they're already deep into it. Research on the brain, however, is telling us that we feel emotional pain physically. When someone says something cruel, We feel it in our body as a physical pain. I used to experience this pain. I literally would feel a stab in my heart or back if someone had taken a real knife and put it into my body. Last week, Rosemary talked about her PTSD from childhood abuse. I was never officially diagnosed with PTSD, But I know that I would literally jump when someone touched me, even gently or in a friendly way, if they did so without my seeing them coming toward me. There are no physical scars from emotional abuse, but there are serious and deep scars nevertheless. This new research on the brain is profoundly important in legitimizing the pain that people feel when they are spoken to and treated in cruel ways. That someone would say, oh, you're just too sensitive, or let it roll off your back or go over your head, is equally cruel and harmful. To deny someone else's pain or our own pain is a pathway to abuse, depression, disease and addiction. If we can't own our own pain, feel it and let it go, then we often make the unhealthy choice of numbing the pain with alcohol, food or drugs, illegal or prescribed, including antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs. As the Reverend Dr. Lauren Artris said, feeling the pain is essential for healing. It turns out that brain research is also telling us that the brain is wired toward negative thinking. The good news is that that same research is saying we can make a choice to change that negative thinking into positive thinking. Does it take work? Yes. For many years now, I've been saying I'd rather go through the pain and challenges of getting better than of getting worse. The fact is that covering up anxiety and depression with a pill doesn't cure the problem. It only hides it. The pain is still there and wreaking havoc under the surface. Eventually, it will manifest as an emotional or physical illness. As Mark Twain said, the only way around it is through it. There is no way around feeling the pain. So you can feel it through a physical illness, or you can allow yourself to feel the emotional pain and heal. No one said life was easy, but it can get better and easier if you are willing to face the truth with courage and faith in your own ability to heal. I love the book, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. The title says it all. Life has challenges, and they get easier if you are willing to do the hard work of living life rather than numbing yourself to hide from life. So let's get practical. First, you have to decide that you want to change your thinking patterns and commit to it. To, can commit to it as if your life depended upon it, because it actually does. Next, learn to pay attention to your thoughts. We're so used to our thoughts controlling us that we don't actively pay attention. We just let them go wild. Realize that you are in control of what you think, say, and do. Commit to being happier by creating positive thinking. So what can you do when you get a negative thought? How do you weed the garden in your mind so that the negative thoughts and beliefs are rooted out and replaced with positive ones? Here are some suggestions many of which I've used in my own life to create a mind that I enjoy living in. Literally reword the thought into a positive one. For example, change, I broke another glass, I'm so clumsy, to, oh, well, it's, it's just a glass. I'm grateful no one got hurt. Or use the phrase, not yet. So instead of, I'll never get it right, say, I haven't figured that out yet, but I will. Look for growth, change, improvement on a scale from where you were to where you want to be. Dealing with an abuser, you might think, I'm really proud of the way I handled that. I remember how a few weeks ago I stormed off and it took me hours to calm down. Today I relax much more quickly. I'll recover even faster next time. And hopefully one day I'll calmly say, excuse me, I need to use the restroom. We can talk later. Then turn my back and walk away unbothered and self-empowered if there's something you can do to solve the problem take action without delay if there's nothing you can do let go and let God in other words say a prayer asking for help in resolving the situation in a positive way and pray for strength courage patience trust peace of mind while the situation is being resolved and be prepared for the possibility that you will not get what you want but what you need sometimes the answer to our prayers comes in ways that challenge us to grow in those cases pay attention to how you are growing and be grateful for that learning Carolyn Mace offers this advice when you have a judgmental thought. She says that when we think something negative about another person, we actually send a piece of our spirit to them to hold that negative thought in place. So we are literally hurting ourselves by draining our own energy to change this. She suggests that you say these three sentences. I take my spirit back. I wish you no harm. God bless you. I'm going to repeat that. I take my spirit back. I wish you no harm. God bless you. I found this to be an extremely powerful remedy. You will feel lighter and more positive if you consistently do this praying is also helpful ask for the help you need in changing the thought or removing the negative repetitive thoughts we are not meant to do it all alone we are meant to be supported we are supported in love call upon that love ask for help. Smile at someone, even a stranger. Watch their whole body change as they smile back at you, and then feel good that you've added joy to someone else's day and to your own. Hug a friend. Pay attention to how they hug and how you hug. There are different qualities to a hug. Some people stiffen their upper body. Others soften to give and receive the positive feeling. Some people embrace and hold you. Others want to escape and kind of tap you on the back rather than pulling you in closer to them. Ask yourself what feels good and what kind of hug do you want to give and receive? Which kind of hug makes you feel uplifted and positive? Another technique is to stand in front of a mirror. Wrap your arms around your upper body in a self-embrace. Look yourself in the eyes and tell yourself, I am loved. I am lovable. I deserve love. And notice what your reaction is. Do you really feel loved? Do you feel you deserve love? Do you feel lovable? If not, then this exercise is really powerful. So keep doing it. And never criticize how you feel. You have a right to feel your feelings, even the ones that you are not proud of. It's part of being human. Give yourself a break then work with what's behind the feeling. For instance, if it's jealousy, look at yourself and ask yourself, what do they have that I want? How can I get what I want? It's really always about us, not about them. Allow the feeling and use it to grow and change and become who you want to be And know that you are deep inside. Bring that beauty to the surface more and more every day as you create more positive thoughts. Remind yourself, it's just a thought, not the truth. Wave it away or literally tell it to go away. You can also just keep saying thank you over and over and over again until the negative thought is gone. At night, write down your intention to think positively. I intend to think positively every minute of every day. And in the morning, read it out loud. Do this every night until you see yourself changing and becoming more positive. Find a friend who will help you use positive words. For example, if you say, I was lazy, your friend could say, I don't see you as lazy. It's okay to relax and take a breath. Support each other in being kind to yourselves and in seeing the positive in everything. Because truly it is all positive. We don't have the big picture. If we did, we would know that everything truly is working as it is meant to for our highest good. Believe that. Trust it. Live by this eternal truth. And observe your thoughts, your words, your actions, your life change in a positive way. Right now, I want to introduce you to my guest, Elizabeth Jane Allison Nisbet, who's here to talk about her journey toward positive thinking and healing from addiction. Elizabeth, Elizabeth was born in the United Kingdom and immigrated to South Africa as a young girl. She met her husband there, and nine years ago, they moved to Tucson, Arizona with their two daughters. Elizabeth has been working for six years at Sierra Tucson, a world-renowned treatment facility in Arizona, as an intake coordinator counselor. She also has a degree in public relations and works for the corporations running various World Cup sporting events. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you're enjoying our program, be sure to go to PaulaJoyce.com and like us on Facebook. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Elizabeth Nisbet to talk about her personal story.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Time
3: for a fresh perspective
0: Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension step out of fear host simran singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life 1111 talk radio is here every thursday at 7 p.m eastern time 4 p.m pacific time on seventh wave network 1111 talk radio because shift happens be the best that you can be dr paula
3: invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session
1: parenting relationships self-improvement career advice and a variety of other topics check us out today you're sure to find something of interest voice america variety talk on today's hot topics
4: tune in to the voice america variety channel on the voice america talk radio network voice america variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community
1: Listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now back to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit
2: welcome back i'm your host dr paula the life doctor and you're listening to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit and we're here with elizabeth nisbet to talk about hope and healthy choices elizabeth thank you so much for joining us today
5: thank you paula it's it's
2: an honor to be on your show well thank you um, we've I, actually Elizabeth and I have gotten to know each other a little bit in her role as an intake counselor for people um, needing to go to treatment at Sierra Tucson because I've had opportunity to uh, have clients who have needed their services and in the course of talking with Elizabeth we, um, shared some of our personal stories and Elizabeth agreed, agreed to, graciously to come on and talk with us a little bit about her personal challenges and how she has overcome her addiction and created a life of hope and joy and healthy choices. Elizabeth, would you talk to us a little bit about your journey?
5: Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure exactly when. I can't seem to pinpoint exactly when it happened. But I, I think the the issue with my alcoholism, my addiction, started probably about 20 years ago. Um, alcoholism runs in the family, um, so it was around me growing up. Um, I think after a few very tragic events in my life, um, I would say possibly the the pinnacle of that being the death of our daughter um, alexandra um that happened about 12 12 13 years ago um you know with such devastation i just i lost control i was consumed with grief um sorrow guilt and shame and i think that really um it, it just spiraled out of control, you know, I would drink when I was happy when I was sad, I needed something to to clutch onto uh, something to cope with every day i It was just so hard to get through this tragedy and um, shortly after that, my mom passed away, and then my sister died of breast cancer, so all those huge losses um, i I wanted to leave South Africa, I wanted to get as far away as I possibly could, thinking that I would leave all this behind start a new life I had so much to live for I you know I had two other little children um but unfortunately it it followed me um it was a matter of weeks after we arrived in the states that um I got myself into trouble I was al- I always thought that I was in control um but that was certainly not the case and um you know, DUI, jail time, facing all of that. Um, it was just too much. I was in such a huge, huge, huge hole. Um, and I didn't think that I would ever be able to get out of that. It was just, life was just daunting for me. I thought of um, taking my life. I felt that my family certainly didn't deserve, you know, to have a mother who was self-destructing Um So, that was probably the beginning of of, of bad things to come. Um, You know, went into treatment, um, relapsed, chronically relapsed, so I just couldn't stay sober. Um, As I say, I would drink when I was sad and happy and nothing was going right in my life. Until one day, I... I saw death was very close. I felt it. I felt it in every piece of my being. Entered um, treatment again. Um, did a lot of work on the grief and the loss and the anger and the resentment, um, as well as the alcoholism, sense of self-worth. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, as I say, I was just so consumed with all these bad, bad thoughts. I was in such a dark place. Um came out of treatment. It's been eight years. On the 4th of July, funny enough, um, it'll be my, my eighth year.
2: So Independence.
5: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think is, Even though I caused so much damage to the people I loved the most and I really never meant to to cause them any any harm in any way. It was all about me, you know, and how I was struggling with, with keeping things together and I just wasn't doing a good job at all. But I thank God every day. That my family, my husband, bless his heart, you know, stuck by me, even though I know it was really challenging for him at times you know he he was pretty much done he didn't know he he really didn't know what to do with me, things were just so bad. here we had this opportunity of a new country, you know, why are things going really, really bad, you know, so you know we're still married today um we're closer than we ever have been. I think the honesty in our relationship now, you know, is, is huge. It's, it's, it's fundamental. Um, and as I say, I thank God every day that I am alive. Um, you know, I always say never, ever, ever give up on that hope. Um, he once told me, um, nine, eight years ago that there was no hope and you know, I was, he was pretty much done. Um, and, you know, he did what he did at that time to take care of himself and our children. Um, but I can honestly say now that, you know, I I just never give up on
2: that hope because, you know, if there's life, there's hope for sure. And, and that may have been part of what helped you realize how desperate your situation was, his actions, that... You know, he loved you and supported you, but there was only so much that he could take, too. Exactly, Paula. You know,
5: he was desperate. He would do whatever it it took, you know, um, whether it was calling 911, you know, having the police at the house. He was just desperate. Um, I resented him so much at the time because I didn't know any better. I, I was blaming everybody but myself. Um, it was everybody else's fault, um, not so much my own, I guess. Um, but now that I'm in recovery, looking back, he did what he needed to do to take care of himself and the children, and I think he was by causing by you know doing things like that. He he was hoping for a for a for a good outcome. You know, it didn't always hap- It didn't happen at that time. I think the major breakthrough for for me was the the feeling that death was imminent. Intimate, intimate. So um, I think that that was definitely the turning point because I felt that it was so close.
2: And and, and you were able to feel your feelings then. I guess that was the point at which you stopped numbing and chose to face all those devastating losses that you had. Uh, You know, because we talk a lot on the show about feeling, changing, allowing ourselves to feel and also changing the way we think. And what I heard you saying was taking responsibility for your own thoughts, your own actions, your own behaviors, and also right. finally allowing yourself to feel the pain without judgment, but just feeling. Exactly. That's that's exactly what it was. And
5: forgiving myself. um you know the loss of the child the loss of my our child was the most devastating pain that i've ever gone through in my life and i'm not saying that it was because of her dying i'm i'm not using that an as an excuse for for my downfall for my drinking but it certainly got my addiction you know moving a lot faster and um it you know and you're right. I, I wasn't feeling those feelings. And you have to feel those feelings and you have to forgive yourself. You know, I, I didn't want to die. I didn't want to leave that legacy for my family. Um, you know, my kids now are grown up. I have a 20-year-old and a 13-year-old. The 13-year-old, thank goodness, doesn't remember too much of mom um, those years ago. But the 20-year-old Absolutely does without a doubt, and I believe in a heart she has forgiven me um, so i 've forgiven myself and and what really motivates me is is being able to inspire others, have that feeling of compassion, which out of all that trauma um, it it came to me naturally, and you know when appropriate, this is some of the the tools I can then use to to help others in need who are going through very similar things.
2: Well, absolutely. I don't think we can take people beyond where we've gone. And so the healing that you've done and the self-forgiveness, and also I'd like to add too that really in many ways, you know, because I like to look for silver linings even in the most, Um, what appears to be the most horrible of, of circumstances. And you really gave your oldest daughter the gift of a role model who faced herself and faced the difficulties and chose to do the hard work to change, to heal, to come back from what appeared to be hopeless and a helpless situation to your taking charge of your life, taking responsibility, and changing. What a gift for her, really! Right, and 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 that's what I can
5: look at um, now, Paula. Um, because, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, she's she's a good kid. Um, she's she's a wonderful young woman, I should say. She's not a child, um, but I'd like to think that I now have have that gift. And she always says to me, you know, Mom, I'm so proud of what you're doing, and the work that you're doing to help save others, other people's lives. You know, to that, you know, she talks about it often, and and that's amazing. Um, it could have been completely different had I gone down another path completely, but recovery is just, oh my gosh, Paula, what a gift that is.
2: Uh, Well, absolutely, and as you talk about her, what I also here is the compassion and depth of love that she's accessed within herself you've ignited that through the experience that you had and coming out of it and you know the gift of of loving somebody unconditionally and then the joy of that love manifesting into such beauty and the gift that you give to others through the work you do. Absolutely.
5: Absolutely. Um, I'm at a place in my life now where I would honestly tell you that I wish it had all never happened, but it had. Um, I've learned and I've grown from that. I need to move forward. Um So that has been, you know, a huge shift um, in our lives, the impact it's had on on my family. Um, But it's brought me to a place where I can actually look back, talk about it um, openly, you know, honesty and and, and all that kind of thing um, has definitely, you know, brought me to, to this place where... I am so grateful um, to have been given this chance. Um, you know, to be a better person, um, to have the most incredible job. Um, it's 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 just such a gift. Um, and and I often tell you know my patients who call in that you know please just never give up on that hope. You can get to to that good place, that that peaceful place again in your lives. It
2: can be done. It absolutely can be done. Yes, and I think even a, a more peaceful place, I don't think it's going back. I think it's going forward where you create even more peace. And I heard you say even that your relationship with your husband is even more intimate and deeper and more loving because of the openness and vulnerability that you have now an ability and willingness to experience all feelings. Exactly. A-
5: absolutely. You know, I often think to myself, you know, I think many spouses wouldn't have hung around. He did. And I will be forever grateful that he did. He just didn't give up.
2: Well, I, I think it's beautiful. And I think it's also beautiful the work that you do, and that you're able to pass that healing on to others, and to give hope. When when we talked um, initially about your being on the show, we both struck on the word hope, and you talked about how that was is just such a key word and concept for you and belief. Exactly,
5: I I I, I share that. Daily, um, and, and it goes back to the time that Andrew said to me, you know, I've given up all hope because he, he was in that place, which was a really dark place for him. And, you know, the insanity, the craziness of why and what I was doing, I never meant to be that person, but that addiction was just so incredibly strong. It, it really, it was, to me it felt like having God and the devil on either shoulder and when I went into that store and I was toying with the idea, should I, shouldn't I but I ended up doing it anyway, picking up the alcohol and consuming it and I wish that I'd never done that so I don't blame him for, for saying that word to me because that's what the situation must have looked like at that time so you know, and and I said to him not so very long ago, I said, Do you remember the time that you said that to me? And he says, I can't seem to remember I said, Well you did. You you said that there was no hope and here we are today. So I I use that word. I my office is plastered with the word hope because
2: I, I cling on to that because there is always hope. I think that is um, is beautiful and I think it just shows the depth of frustration that he had oh, and yes. the that he had because really it was yours to deal with he couldn't solve it for you I think that was what he was saying too and in, in other in different words was that he couldn't heal you, he couldn't make you better, you had to take charge and you did maybe when he gave up, maybe that was when the moment at which on some level you knew you had to do it exactly maybe. that's exactly right Paula yeah that's beautiful, I'm sorry did you want to say something else no um, It's it's just it's
5: just such a gift um to to be in this place you know my office window overlooks the the desert the mountains the wildlife and it's so beautiful to to watch us every day to have a very clear mind it's not fuzzy at all and it's just such an incredible gift
2: what what a beautiful note to say thank you on too because the love of nature the gratitude um, the peace that 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 you have now is really beautiful and gives others including our listening audience hope no matter what's going on in their lives whether it's an addiction or something else right. there's always the possibility. Always the hope to take charge of your life and change it in a good way. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable and sharing with us. It means a huge amount to me and to everyone listening. Thank you and God bless you. We wish you all the best. Thank you, Paula. Thank you. And we're going to um, go to break now. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the life doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. We'll be right back with questions from listeners and more on how to think positively.
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
3: Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session.
1: You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit.
2: Hi, if you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And we just had a beautiful guest on who talked about her journey to a beautiful life and her gratitude um, and love of nature. It was really quite beautiful. I want to begin this um, last segment today with answering one of our listeners' questions from Vancouver. Jeffrey wrote, I'm trying to decide whether to see a counselor or to work with you. What's the difference between counseling and your life coaching? I'm actually often asked this question. In general, coaching focuses on the present, whereas in counseling you spend a lot of time talking about the past, often telling the same sad stories over and over again, which I discovered actually reinforced the pain rather than healing it. When I left counseling after 21 years and two different highly respected counselors, one a man and the other a woman, I was still miserable. When I told my counselor that, her response is, well, but we've done all we can. Now you have the tools to live your life. But I knew that wasn't enough. I knew that I still had a huge amount of pain and sadness that all those years of counseling had not helped me to, to get rid of or to even really lighten the load. I had analyzed a lot intellectually and understood a lot, but it was all about my mind. I still had a heavy heart that affected my thoughts, words, and actions. The real change in healing my life came through my work with the spiritual realm, and that's what's different about what I do. The process I use was given to me from the spiritual realm in a dream, and it's supported by them. There are literally thousands of angels and spirits of a high and positive nature who work with me and my clients to help them heal. I do not dwell on the past. We connect the hidden blockages to your healing and to accomplishing what you want in your life, be it healthy relationships, dumping depression, relieving anxiety, achieving career change or success or physical health or whatever it is that you want. My work allows you to release the pain and negative beliefs that prevent you from leading a happy and successful life. Once the block is removed, we discover what actions you need to take to solve your problem or make progress towards solving your problem. In my work, the process is directed by your inner wisdom your soul, along with your guides and angels, as well as mine. They give you the information you need in that moment in order to heal and make progress at the pace that is right for you. I also channel information from the spiritual realm, and I hear the information and insights that will help you see things in a new way so that you can grow see and hear and understand things differently, think more positively, act more positively, and you get what you want in the most positive way possible. I call the process I use the ultimate creative solving problem process for a reason. We are solution-oriented. I want you to get unstuck and create the positive change in your life that you want. Dwelling on the negative only reinforces it. We need to touch on it, but only enough to let it go. I don't do complaining sessions. We surface the emotions so you can let them go and make room for what you want. I have helped clients heal who have been seriously abused Paranoid, suicidal, depressed, fearful, addicted, diagnosed with multiple personalities disorder, or now they call it dissociative personality. ADD or ADHD in cancer patients and people dealing with everyday problems. It doesn't matter because healing is always possible through the spiritual realm. As Elizabeth just said, there is always hope. My goals are your go- goals. We decide, You decide what we work on in each session. What do you want in life? I help you achieve it. I have had clients who have spent years in counseling without getting the results that they want. And they come to me and they tell me how their life begins to change and they begin to heal in a fast way and in a way that they didn't through all the years of counseling. And when a client is seeing me and a counselor, the counselors report back that their clients are healing faster since they've started seeing me. Remember, I work on the phone and over Skype as well as in person. I've had clients in other countries and currently in other states. It doesn't have to be in person, although it can be. I'm also available to travel to do workshops and speaking engagements. You can email me at doctor that is dr Paula Joyce, at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at one two one four seven three six four four six zero. And now I'd like to give you just a few more tips on changing those negative thoughts to positive ones. And we will continue um, that. uh, Actually, we need, I'm sorry, we need to close now. I apologize. I um, lost track of time there. So thank you for joining us for Uplift Your Life. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to paulajoyce.com and like us on Facebook. You can go um, to my website, paulajoyce.com, and learn more about my services as well as the books that our guests have written by going to the resources button on my um, navigation I hope you'll join us next week when Dr. Paula Feyerman, an integrative medical doctor, will talk with us about her unique way of working with her patients. She was trained by Dr. Andrew Weil. So she has a lot of good information to share. She lives in um, Calgary, Canada, and I've met her in Dallas through a mutual friend, and she's an absolute delight. Um, Also, hosts, uh, is a DJ for a music program on the side. So she's fun and fascinating with lots of good information. In the meantime, if you think of a question about a show or a difficulty in your own life, please leave a phone message at one 736 4460 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. If you have a question, others do too. So help yourself and them by asking it. You can do so anonymously if that feels safer. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom is designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you.